Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Joy podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Curry. And today I have another special guest. He is an attorney and we are going to discuss the topic of divorce. Now, before you get all upset, just know I don't encourage anybody to get divorced. God hates divorce. We've all heard this, but in some cases, marriage does end up in divorce. In some cases, there's no way of saving a marriage. And so what do you do when you end up facing divorce? And what are some practical tips on getting through divorce in the most peaceable way possible? So pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverage, and let's get started. My guest today is someone I've known for almost my entire life. He is married to my sister, Jennifer Cates, who was on our last episode. His name is Thomas Cates, and I'm so excited to have him here. So honored that he would take the time to spend discussing this important topic of divorce. Tom, he not only is my brother-in-law, but he was my attorney for my divorce, and he just has a wealth of knowledge. He has been an attorney for years and is well-respected in his field and has so much to offer us. And so I'm so excited that he's here today. And we're going to talk about the topic of divorce. And it can be a really messy, hard thing to go through. And Tom is very well-versed in this. But I just wanted to welcome you, Tom. And why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about your background? Thanks, Catherine. Like you, I grew up in Michigan. And before I went to law school, I was a teacher, taught special education just for a few years, and went to law school at Wayne State University, graduated in 1989, and have been practicing law ever since that time, mostly on the west side of the state and northern part of the state with a couple of different law firms, but strictly on my own for about 16 years now here in Holland, Michigan. Yep. And Tom and Jenny, his wife, they were the ones that were very instrumental in helping me and my kids through our traumatic time of going through divorce and took us in while we were homeless and just really helped me out. Tom was beginning his practice at that time on his own and <laughs> helping me along the way. But today I just wanted to pick your brain about divorce because I know you were so helpful to me and you've been at this for a long time. You've got a lot of insight. What would you say to somebody who is having marital problems and what would you first recommend that, that they do if they're considering divorce? What are the first steps? I think the first step is for people to understand that divorce is not the preferred remedy or the easy, quick fix solution. It's a very drastic, very life altering thing. And as you can be complex legally, can be expensive, can be devastating emotionally, financially, spiritually, you name it, it can be devastating in every way. However, as and as you've spoken with mental health, professionals, it's sometimes an unavoidable thing in our lives. We're not perfect. People say to me, well, God hates divorce. Of course. And so do you. And so do I. No one loves the idea of divorce, but sometimes it happens because we're imperfect. And sometimes we're in 
marriages that are toxic and destructive and we can't go on. So my first bit of advice to people is don't beat yourself up over it. Get in touch immediately with a mental health professional that you trust, develop a relationship and don't jump into it quickly. Obviously, if you have to leave a toxic situation, leave, but divorce is a last resort and it should be entered into only with the advice of a qualified counselor that can help you navigate because it's a complex decision. Even in the best cases, it's a heart-wrenching and complex decision. So team up with a good mental health professional, team up with a good lawyer. Even if you don't know you're going to do it, talk to a lawyer about the what ifs. The worst thing to do is to get yourself into it and realize, oh my gosh, this isn't where I want to go. So you have to be, you have to be sure before you go down that road. Because once, once you file a complaint for divorce, that's something that you can dismiss a complaint for divorce, but in the mind of you and your spouse and the legacy of your marriage, it will, even if you dismiss the complaint, change your mind, you go down that road of the D word and it's a road you can't easily turn around and go back. So we had talked earlier this week about what divorce used to mean. Can you explain that? Like how divorce used to work in Michigan before 1970s? Sure. Some states have what we call a divorce grounds for divorce. And you've probably heard, you hear, hear them in the movies and old time talk. You have to prove irreconcilable differences or mental cruelty or desertion. That's the old law. You had to prove something. Now, under no-fault divorce, which has been in place since the 1970s in our state, you only have to prove that there has been a breakdown of the marriage relationship such that the objects of matrimony are destroyed and there's no reasonable likelihood the marriage can be preserved. In other words, you just have to testify that's the case. The judge really doesn't even need to know why if you're convinced that your marriage has come to the point where the objects of matrimony have been destroyed, then you've met the statutory basis for no-fault divorce. In other words, the court doesn't have to decide who's at fault or why you're getting divorced. You just have to testify to the court that you're at that place and that you no longer want to be married and you've met the statute. That's so crazy to me because so what you're saying is you would go before a judge before 1970s, you would go before a judge and the judge would be able to determine whether you could get a divorce or not. Is that right? You had to prove a grounds for a divorce back then. So no fault divorce, I know, has come under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of people say that it's a bad thing and that there's more divorces because of it. But research shows there, there are not more divorces because of no fault divorce. I think the benefit of no-fault divorce is it keeps people out of court because they don't have to they don't have to fight about proving fault or proving a grounds. They simply are granted the divorce. And face it, would you want to be in a marriage because a judge told you had to be? And at this point, a judge can't deny a divorce if you testify that basically the marriage is over and you want out. A judge will grant your divorce on a no-fault basis. 
So what does that mean for today's divorces? <clears throat> I know you were, you've told me a lot of stories about people fighting over different things. And I guess, what would you, what is the mindset that you need to have when going into seeking to be divorced? Like you said, it can be costly. It can be timely. What do you recommend for people that are facing divorce? How do they, how, do, how should they approach it? Well, I tell people that obviously divorce is a very emotional thing. You can't isolate your emotions from a divorce. However, that should not be the center of any divorce proceeding. Center of a divorce proceeding is number one, doing what's in the best interest of the children as the couple separates. And number two, equitably dividing the marital property. Just like if a business is dissolved, if, if a corporation dissolves, there's a business transaction in which the corporate assets are divided. You should look at your divorce once you've reached the unfortunate point of being there. You should look at it as a business transaction where the assets are going to be divided more or less equally because we're a marital property state. So if you think you're going to get a huge windfall from your spouse because they were at fault, it's probably not going to happen. It's going to be roughly divided equally for the most part in a long-term marriage. But the most important mindset is you need to understand if you have children, even if they're adult children, they're the ones that are going to suffer serious emotional fallout if you and your spouse go to court and fight it out in court and sling mud at each other and make accusations. Your children will suffer. They will pay the consequences, whether it's financially, emotionally, or all around. So stay out of court, in a nutshell, is my advice if you're going through a divorce. Try mediation. Find an attorney who is reconciliation-minded and work with him or her to keep you out of court. So what exactly is mediation? Mediation is a voluntary process. I say voluntary because once you're there and you participate, you don't have to settle your case. But most all courts in Michigan now are ordering divorcing couples to mediation. And that's simply a meeting that you have with a trained neutral party, oftentimes an attorney, not always. Sometimes they're counselors. Sometimes they're just caring individuals who help you to negotiate all of the property and financial and child-related matters in your divorce and come up with a solution. And then if you do that, you don't spend time in front of a judge. You don't do the mudslinging in open court. You are able to resolve your differences, put them on paper, and it then becomes a binding judgment of divorce and keeps you out of court. So if people want to go down the road of the whole what you call mudslinging thing, like trying to discredit the other person and show that they were at fault, does that ever play into like how much of a compensation they get from the divorce settlement? Or does it, do the judges typically just, they just sit there and listen to it, but not really judge their judgment as far as the fairness of what's divided. What have you seen? There are property settlement statutes and the conduct of the parties is relevant for purposes of dividing property and also for determining 
alimony or spousal support and the conduct of a party, the moral fitness of a party and so forth is also relevant when it comes to custody of a child. But I will say that there is case law out there that says the fault of a party shouldn't be given undue weight in a property distribution. I've seen a judge skew it by maybe five or 10% because one party may be engaged in egregious conduct that dissipated the marital estate. For instance, you get some guy that's addicted to gambling and he pilfers away all the equity in the marital home. In that case, the judge could and probably should give some compensation to the innocent spouse. That's a matter of fault that can affect the value of the marital estate and lead to a skewed property settlement. Another one is where a spouse runs off and spends lots of money on a new lover, buys her a diamond ring and jets off to foreign places with the new lover. And the judge says, okay, you've dissipated the marital estate, so I'm going to compensate your spouse. I've seen that happen. But again, the starting point in property settlement is normally a roughly equal distribution if it's a long-term marriage. So I encourage my clients not to spend too much emotional time and money and energy on litigating fault issues, unless, like I said, there's been a huge dissipation of the marital estate, then it can become relevant. Just to give our listeners just an idea, how long does it take on average for a divorce to be finalized if there's kids involved? Yeah, so every county is different. You file for divorce in the county of your residence or the county of your spouse's residence. Some counties are blessed with resources and enough judges and adequately staffed friend of the court so they keep their docket moving. I'm very privileged to be practicing in Ottawa County where we have a well-staffed friend of the court office. We have several family court judges that are on top of their game and keep the docket moving. There are some other counties where they're not as well funded and not as well staffed, not as well organized. The minimum time for a divorce with children is six months. That's if everything goes smoothly and you negotiate a settlement, it can be finalized in six months. But there are some counties and there are some divorces because of the complexity of the situation and the lengths that people are going to fight about it, where a divorce can take a couple of years to finalize because of the complexities. And sometimes it's hard to get a trial date. Might take you a year just to get a day of the court's time for a trial. Yeah. So if you add on to that, going back and forth and having to things not being decided and it just drags it all out. There can be appeals too. You can go to the court of appeals. There can be a stay of proceedings and that can add a lengthy delay. And as having a divorce when your children were young, the divorce may be final, but there are still ongoing, there are still ongoing opportunities to dispute with your ex over parenting time over child support, over extracurricular activities, over alimony, you name it, you can be in court a lot following a final divorce. And many times people find themselves in court repeatedly 
their kids are teenagers and they've been divorced for 10 years and they're still going over to court over whether Johnny's going to be on the basketball team or whether he's going to have braces on his teeth, if he's going to go to the Christian school or the public school, people get into, if you have joint legal custody, people get into disputes over what school the child attends. Are you going to homeschool your children? That's a hot issue. People have strong feelings about that. One parent wants to homeschool. The other parent is opposed to it. That can be a rather complex litigated matter years after a divorce is final. People can still go to court over those things. But I don't recommend it if you didn't yeah, catch up to that by now. Avoid it, yeah. Because I tell you, with my situation, my ex-husband ended up not paying any child support. He was told by the court to disability and then wasn't granted disability. So then he didn't even pay child support. And there were times where I could have gone back and tried to get it, get him to, but I was just, I didn't even want to deal with it anymore. It was emotionally and mentally just so stressful and taxing that I, I was like, I just left it in God's hands and God provided for us. Thank God he is faithful. And, but yeah, I remember you talking to me about this. I do remember though, like the day that the, my divorce was final, I guess I was under the impression that everything was going to be settled then. And like you said, it gets dragged out. Like I had to continue to go back to court until we figured out child, the child support initially it was set at a certain amount. And then also like parenting time and all sorts of things. And then there was violations of that. So I had to, I had to learn to do some of these, this footwork myself because I couldn't continue to afford your services and all that sort of thing. And you were very gracious to, to help me along the way. So tell me about your, your ebook that you have available. Yeah, it's not only an ebook, but it's a hard copy book available on Amazon. It, it's called the Michigan Divorce and Child Custody Handbook. I initially published the book about five years ago, and I just got done with the second edition. So if you go on my website, attorneycates.com, or go on Amazon and look at the Michigan Divorce and Child Custody Handbook, it's there, it's available. It was available as an ebook format. I think currently it's only available in paperback. It's 1995. And I spent the better part of a year off and on doing the initial, the initial version, which came out in 2016. And then I updated it just this just about a month ago. It went out for publication and it's available. I published it as a print-on-demand book. So the price is reasonable and people tell me, I, I supply several mental health professionals with it. They like it to give to their clients because it's, it dissolves some of the mystique surrounding divorce. I have a whole section in there about frequently asked questions. I have a section on how to make parenting time more positive with your children. I have a section on how to find an attorney and work with an attorney, how to prepare for a divorce, how to negotiate and stay out of court. 
All right, Tom, I know your time is precious and I really thank you for giving us this time today and all your words of wisdom. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. I was so grateful to have Tom on the podcast and I hope you found his information helpful informative. And if you want to find more out about his book, you can go on over to Amazon and get a copy of that. It's called Michigan Divorce and Child Custody Handbook. If you have any other questions for Tom, you can go ahead and reach out to me or share and subscribe to this podcast as he will be on here again at some point. Our conversation went on and he had lots of other things to say. We will be putting out another episode at some point with other insights that he had. But again, I hope that you found this helpful, informative, and that you have a great rest of your week. Be blessed. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The more that we get the word out, the more we can spread that joy and make a difference in our world. Thanks for joining in. Today's episode was sponsored by Solar Grids Grand Rapids. If you are looking for solar grids to be placed on your home or business to save yourself some money. You can find information about that at solargridsgrandrapids.com. They service the greater Grand Rapids area and the entire U.S. So go ahead, reach out to them today.